Welcome back in to another episode of the Elite Two. I am Jake Morocco of the Crossing State Lines podcast, and I am joined, as always, by my dear, beloved co-host of the the one true host, should I say, of the Small Hell State yeah. Big Takes podcast. It is MLB The Show expert, Animal Crossing Island designer, Steve Scott. Steve, how you doing? Wow, that was quite the intro. Thank you so much. I'm doing great, and I'm very happy to welcome our guest as well tonight. We do. That's, that's a, a great segue, Steve, because we, for the first time on this podcast, this is our, I think, one, two, three, four, fifth episode, not counting the trailer, and we have our first guest on for Generation 4, Part 1. We are joined by also Animal Crossing Island Designer uh, and uh, at the Walking Ken 23 on Twitter. That, that is it? correct. Uh, we're joined by Ken Border. Ken, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. And by the way, I'm your first guest, and that is so, like, such an honor. And yes. I'm sitting here in my Buffalo Bills sweatshirt and long beard and long hair and quarantined. Mm. And, man, let me tell you, it is great to be on a podcast and talking to humans. That's right. Let's go. That Welcome. Is, that is pretty much a good thing you bring up there, Ken. My human interaction outside of uh, Emily, my girlfriend, outside of Emily and my parents every now and then, my human interaction now is pretty much just podcasting. That's pretty much it. I podcast with Steve, with Dave, and then a few other people, and that's pretty much my extent of human interaction at this point. So it is Sounds nice like to get be around able, a little bit. It is nice to be able to talk <laughs> to other people. Hey, fun fact too: Jake and I were recording our first podcast when the NBA shut down. That's correct. Like, uh, it we happened live during we, our first pod. We had to pause because I we had some issue with the audio, and all of a sudden. I looked down at my phone, and pretty much simultaneously, we realized that the NBA season was suspended. So right around the time when this whole pandemic started was when Steve and I started this podcast. I'm not sure if that is exactly a good sign or a bad sign. So, Jake, you and I ended the world. How's that feel? Um, <laughs> now, that you, now that you say that, I mean, I'm not going to take credit for anything. Okay? I, don't want, I don't want that on record. <laughs> but it's uh, it's not something we should. I, I take very much pride in. Let me say. Listen, that. I'm still Embrace. waiting for the locusts. I'm still waiting for the you know the firstborn sons. I'm waiting for all the things to happen. That you know the biblical stuff. <laughs> I mean, I looked the outside. Horsemen? I looked outside today, and it was where they at? It was pouring out today, so I was like, oh my god, this is just like we're in the end times at this point. True. But yeah, so that's 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 that and i actually uh, just beat one of the games we're going to be talking about today now all the credits are rolling thank god i can just put it aside for now but uh we are talking generation four today and there's two parts of generation four next week we'll get into the generation two remakes but this week we're talking about diamond pearl and platinum which came out right around 2009 um they were the first series of games made for the ds and the look is a li- the design is different because of that but what we usually start with uh, here on the Elite Two is we talk about our memories of the game initially. Um, I think this is the last, not the last game I played in real time, but the I played pretty much all of them up until this generation as they came out. Obviously, Generation 1, I was like three years old. But I played Gen 2, I played Gen 3 when they came out, I played Gen 4 when it came out, even though I was a little bit lukewarm on it. But I bought Diamond, I absolutely ripped through it. And then... It was it was good. I mean, it's not like we discussed last or a couple weeks ago. We love Emerald, the Ruby Sapphire and Emerald generations. Ours, Ken, you were saying off air, you're a Gen One and Two purist. So this is not really either of our favorite games, but it's still a good set of games. I think There's, the story is, is good enough to to get you over the hump till the next generation, at least. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, I think that, like, talking about, like, different generations of Pokemon, this is one that I would say is probably a middling for me. Um, definitely, like, it's it's got its memorable moments. It's got memorable Pokemon in it. It was fun. It had some um, genre-defining, like, moments in it when it comes to, like, gameplay and actual things that it, it offered. Um, but, like, I, like you said, I am... A Gen 1, Gen 2 purist. I love the remakes. I love the first two generations. Those are my Pokemon. Those are my jam. But this was a like a welcome like kind of into the next generation of Pokemon. It, unfortunately for me, to, to interject here, I freaking did never bought this game. And matter of fact, the only time I played this game was, this is a true story, I was walking down the street with my friend and there was a copy of Pokemon Pearl in the dirt and I picked it up out of the dirt and was like, you know, I'll see if I can, if this will work. And it worked in my 2D or my whatever 3DS at the time. And, uh, yeah, the game was beaten at that point too. Whoever that person was left a beaten Pokemon Pearl somewhere. Well, what a, what a gift that you found there in the dirt. But, um, (laughs) I know Steve was on, is on top of, uh, of looking at, you know, all the Pokemon that are still out there in terms of what this generation gave us. And, you know, it's it's still fun to look at uh to to go through the go through the tape here and talk about everything that came with this generation. Like like Ken said, a lot of good to great stuff that came out of it and that was used for further generations. We can get into some of that now, but we start with the starters, and I think this is a pretty good crop of starters. Uh, Piplup is the penguin, that's the water type. Chimchar is the monkey, that's the fire type, and Turtwig is the turtle, the grass type. So I think overall it's a pretty good collection of Pokemon to start with. It's tough because I do love Torterra, which is the one that Turtwig becomes. It's got a fucking tree on its back. But <laughs> at the end of the day, Infernape is awesome, and Empoleon I think is even cooler because Empoleon has a trident on its head, and uh, Infernape was like wearing gauntlets and like sh- like metal shoulder pads and shit. Like it, they all look incredible. I think this is maybe one of the better all-around trios of starters, but when I'm starting, uh, Ken, for uh, you being new to the podcast, and I told you off-air, I'm a big water-type starter guy. I've always been that way, Um, with the exception of Trico in Gen 3. I really always start with water-type, and here was no exception. I started with Piplup, and when I replayed Platinum, I went through with Piplup, and my Empoleon became OP to shit, and it's incredible. And I love Empoleon. It's a water-steel dual-type, which is incredible to have because it dilutes that super effectiveness of grass, and I guess it makes fire regularly effective, but it's still a good combination. So I'm eager to hear what, uh, what, you, would, what you started with when, in your playing days, Ken. Um, so absolutely nailed the you know like hit the nail on the head there with the starters these are some of the best starters in pokemon i think just visually like just they're cool looking um they've got a great set of moves on them when i play this i i typically start with um either the fire or the water that's usually like my typical go-to and this one i definitely started with chimchar um i personally love chimchar i think that it's like a top five starter when it comes to all-time starters in pokemon I think it's behind, like, Pikachu, Charmander, and Squirtle, but, like, it's definitely in that top five. It it might be even in the four for me. Um, I really, really like the moveset. I like the looks. And plus, I always like starting off with a fire because fire types are typically not that easy to find throughout the game, and finding a strong fire type is kind of challenging unless you get towards, like, the end of the game. So that's usually who I start with. 
Um, remembering back to when I was like 15, 16 playing this game, I remember Chimchar was my starter. That's dope. I don't remember what the person what what the person started with in the game that I played, but I'm looking through the uh, Gen Four Pokemon right now, and I could see myself falling into the Chimchar. I, I probably would take a Chimchar. He's pretty cool looking. Yeah, I can't blame you guys. Chimchar is awesome. Infernape is extremely fast too, so that's helpful. And Polion's not very fast. It's a Steel type, so Steel types are almost never quick. So that's really the trade off you make when you pick an uh, a Piplup at the start, but. I like the moveset overall. I think mine had, uh, I think it was Drill Peck, Surf, Ice Beam, and Rock Slide, which is a, a pretty effective uh, crop of moves. You can also learn Shadow Claw and a bunch of other stuff. So I've always, I always go with a diverse moveset. I think Infernape has one too. But I always feel like Grass types are pretty limited in terms of their movesets. So that's why I almost never start with them, unless it's Trico and Skeptile can learn a pretty good amount of stuff. So uh, that's that. But... Let's move on to the gym leaders. So I got a list of all of them. Some pretty cool shit when it comes to these gym leaders. Uh, so Rourke, Roark, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. He's the rock-type gym leader to begin. He's pretty easy, almost no matter what you rock have. Rock-type? Uh, because, what was it? I said the Brock-type. Yeah, the Brock-type. Yeah, as, as if that wasn't uh, typecast enough. Right. Um, the, the first one is almost always the rock and the easiest type. I mean, I think Gen 3 also started off with a rock, and Gen 1 started off with a rock. So, yeah, it's a good point. Three of the last four. Not, not very creative. But, <laughs> but, Generation 4's second gym leader, that's Gardenia. I had the hardest time getting past Gardenia when I replayed this game. I lost, like, seven times because she's ridiculously hard to beat in Platinum, She's easier in Diamond and Pearl, but she's much stronger in Platinum. She has uh, two fully evolved Pokemon and a Turtwig. And when you're at the Primplup level, you really don't have a. You're really only Water at that point, so you're not at that Steel type yet. So it's kind of a bitch to get past. So I had to go out. I had to find a. I think it was a Beautifly or a Dustox or something like that, just to get it out there and do some damage while I re you know, kind of like healed up my Primplup, got it back out there, and even then, it was still tough to get past. So Gardenia, very difficult to beat. Um, Maylene, the fighting type, she's in Veilstone City. If Crasher Wake, who is the coolest looking dude ever in Pastoria City. Fantina, she's the ghost type in Heart Home City. Uh, Byron, who is the father of Roark, which is kind of cool because he's Steel-type, and Steel is the stronger version of Rock-types anyway. Uh, Candice, and the word Ice is in her name, so you see what they did there. Uh, she, good. <laughs> she is in Snowpoint City, and Volkner is the Electric-type gym leader in Sunny Shore City. So, um, I know, Steve, you didn't say, you said you didn't play this one through, so you might not be familiar with all the, uh, kind of the, the nuances of their game, but Ken, for someone who played it, do you remember uh, any of these being harder or easier than the others? I think Gardenia was by far the hardest one for the for the stage I was at. And as far as easiest, I mean, Volcanair I didn't have much trouble with. Uh, Byron, the rock types, like a lot of them I was not struggling with, but Gardenia was hard as shit. Well, I mean, that's mistakes made at the beginning of the game, right? You got to play the long haul here, and you know that you know your your second gym's going to be a grass type. You gotta you gotta go fire. You gotta go fire. I guess. So. Um, I guess. So. Uh, personally, I think probably the hardest gym um, battle for me was probably Fantina, just because ghost types are always like the thorn in my side. I'm not a big normal type. I'm not a big fighting type. I'm not like 
I'm typically somebody who, who gets their ass kicked by ghost types and poison types. So, um, always typically the, the most challenging plus you got a level 34 Gengar coming up at you. You, you gotta really, you gotta like grind and grind and grind to be able to go through that battle personally. And, and I, I love the grind, but I hate the grind when it comes to Pokemon, which they do fix that in later generations, but this is still the generation where you still got to grind. You still got to get that, that level up. So, um, anything ghost type always gives me fits. Yeah, and it's 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 different because in Diamond and Pearl you face Fantina later on, so she's stronger. So I get why that might be tougher. In uh, in Platinum you face her a little bit earlier, so she's a little bit weaker. Um, but she does have one of my favorite Pokemon, which we'll be getting to a little bit later when we uh, craft our lineups. But we are named after the Elite Four in this podcast, so we got to talk about the Elite Four and the Champion. Which in this game the Champion is actually the same in all three games, which is a, kind of a rarity when you mix it up like this but anyway uh so i just actually just played the elite four in my rematch and uh let me tell you what when you have empoleon and i'm i think also when you have uh, i guess infernape once you get the psychic type can get a little dicey but when you got those two it's a pretty easy run to the champion you have a bug type trainer and aaron his lineup is fine the drape i'll tell you what drapeon gives me a lot of trouble i've never liked drapeon it's a very tough one to beat uh, Bertha is the ground-type trainer. She's got a pretty decent lineup, but again, as long as you know some ground-type moves or some water-type or even grass-type, like you'll be fine. I think ground-type is such an overrated type overall in Pokemon. I don't think it really does much. Uh, Flint, the fire-type. Get the fuck out of my face. Uh, Lucian, psychic-type. Yeah, he's got a Gallade, and the Gallades are, are pretty damn strong, so I don't discount that. Um... <laughs> But I would say from those four, the toughest one for me to beat was probably Lucian, just because that Gallade is so much stronger than everything else you face going up to the Elite and throughout the Elite Four. And that Gallade also knows a lot of fighting moves, so against a Steel-type Pokemon, that is a, a tough beat, even with the fact that my Empoleon was so much stronger than his Gallade. It still took me to the woodshed a couple of times. So I think <laughs> Lucian was probably the toughest one for me to face, uh, at least this run-through. No, I definitely agree. I think that, you know, when you when you're at the end of the Elite Four too, you're kind of at your last run. If you don't have like all the full restores and you don't have like, you know, all the restorative things that you need, if you're at the end of that, you you're not well prepared. I mean, your team could be battered and, and beaten. So like coming against some really strong psychic types can really mess up the rest of your team and set you up for a really bad time against a champion. Yeah, building your entire team around a bug type as is never a smart move. But that's you know, is it possible, though? You think it would be possible? Well, Aaron does it, and there's a reason he's the first in line in the Elite Four, because he sucks. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> sure, so, I mean, bug type's garbage. That's why you like you beat up on those little kids who have like the nets and the, the weird yeah. like Steve Irwin hats in the beginning of the games yeah. always. Like, <laughs> zero chance that like you're going to be a bug type Pokemon trainer and like be good. I don't understand why he's there. That's a good That's a good point, Ken. I never even thought of that. They're really, all the bug trainers are the ones you squash in the beginning. You face them all in the forest or like wherever you end up walking to. They're always at the beginning of the game because there really aren't that many great, strong bug types. There are a couple, and to be... To Aaron's credit, he has them, but I think it speaks volumes that Drapion's his strongest Pokemon, and that is not a Bug-type Pokemon. I don't think at any point in its evolutionary stage. So that's all it's you need not, to know about about. It, uh, it deviates from a lot of like the typical Leap Four because you've got like a, a very different type at the end there, and yeah. the Drapion's like it, it, it's a tough Pokemon. It is, but definitely deviates from like what his his type of trainer he really is. 
And speaking of uh, tough Pokemon to beat, uh, Cynthia is the champion. This might differ a little bit in Diamond and Pearl, but in Platinum, she has a Spiritomb, a Garchomp, a Lucario, a Togekiss, a Militish, and a Gastrodon. Now, Ken, hold off on the Lucario talks. We will get to Lucario. Don't you worry we'll about that. There. But Spiritomb, I, I distinctly, I don't remember much about my first time playing through these games, but I do remember that Spiritomb was very hard to beat because I don't think because they don't introduce fairy until, like, generations down the line. So I don't think Spiritomb has any natural weaknesses, because it's a ghost dark type. So that always made it so hard to beat, because you can't use a fighting move, because it's a ghost type. And what's the other one that's super effective against uh, dark types? Well, fairy, but fairy doesn't exist yet. So those are really your two best options, and psychic moves aren't effective against it. Spiritomb is such a strong Pokemon that you really need a good defense for it. And Lucario, whatever. When you're a steel type, it's tough facing a fighting type, no matter what it is. But um, it's a pretty good lineup for when cha- we were just discussing this a little bit off air, Ken. But Cynthia is is I mean she's supposed to be she's the champion, but she's by far the toughest trainer in this game. Yeah, and I think that like that's the that's the best test of your team is like when you're going against a, a trainer who has like mixed types. It's not just one type. You don't have a chance to prepare. You really have to like know your types. You have to really like fight with the right Pokemon at the right time, and you have to have the move set that you need to hit. And if you're if you're you know misleveled during this battle, then you're you're really going to be challenged in this battle. Um, I mean, the highest level on this this entire thing is level sixty six. So if you're coming in with you know fifty five, sixties, like you might get crushed on this because you 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 can't just match up type wise. So you really have to like kind of know who's coming when what you should be doing and how you should be fighting this fight, especially with the, the wide variety of different types in this battle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so she's she's real tough. But uh, you play your cards right, you could, you'll probably do just fine against her. I mean, if you have I mean, if you have Torterra, this is really where it might come back to bite you because you've got, uh, you got a flying type, you have a dragon type, you have a, a ghost type that's going to be hard for you to take down. But I think if you've got an Infernape or an Empoleon, you'll, you'll be just fine. But, uh Diving into kind of more general game walkthrough stuff, I think, as Ken said, talking about game changers, and I think they have have gone away from this a little bit in later generations, but by far, the biggest, most impactful difference between the prior generations and Generation 4 is they changed the Pokedex, and that Mm -hmm. your Pokedex fills up by what you see rather than what you catch, which Mm. is incredible, because you can get that National Pokedex much easier and you get to see like when i beat emerald or when i beat you know heart uh, whatever it was generation two gold silver like when you beat the elite four you're at like what your pokedex is at like 40 50 in this when i beat the game my pokedex was at 194 and i was racing through the game so it is an incredible difference and it was so much more fun to play because you don't have to concentrate on finding a friend to trade with which we've talked on this podcast we didn't have friends to trade with, so no friends. No friend. We are a distinctly anti-friend podcast. So in more ways than one, because I hate to show friends too. But anyway, same. Uh, exactly. Listen, back in my day, we had to have controllers that attached to each other to be able to trade. So. That's right. We just we covered <laughs> Link that. cable. We covered that last week. The wireless adapter came out for Leaf Green and Fire Red, the big game changer. And the big game changer, game changer in this changer. generation. I don't want to sit next to my friend at like three feet apart and like. 
touch right. toes and trade Pokemon. <laughs> right. You want to be on one futon and somebody on the other futon while you're trading Pokemon. You don't worry about right. the link cable. Drinking anymore. Mountain Dew, Code Red, and eating Doritos, damn it. But clearly they didn't think that through because then the DS came out, and I don't even think that you needed the wireless adapter at that point. So kind of an obsolete item by that point. But anyway, in Gen 4, an incredible difference. You can only you only have to see the Pokemon in order for it to register in the Pokedex. So I loved that change. No, I, I mean, I think that's a great change, and I, I think it adds on to the, the gotta-catch-a-mall type deal. I mean... As a kid, like, if you're a kid playing this game, which, I mean, a lot of these games are, are for kids, but we grew up playing these games, so now they're for adults. But as a kid, like, spending hours and hours and hours trying to catch random Pokemon is just, like, it's a slog. I really think that, like, almost the instant gratification, you see something, it registers, and that's how you kind of complete it. I mean, you can still catch those Pokemon if you want to, right. but the idea of seeing and then filling in the Pokedex, I think it is, it's revolutionary to the game. It makes it, it just makes it better. Sure does. It sure does. And Steve, you can you can attest to how difficult it was in earlier generations catching all those damn Pokemon to fill the Pokedex. Oh my God! I I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't think I ever filled a Pokedex to the brink. I I try. I've tried the hardest ever, but that's pretty cool that you can do it this game. But just by sight, that's pretty. That's pretty badass. I wish I knew that prior. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I would have taken it more seriously when it came out. Hey, it's pretty revolutionary in terms of Pokemon stuff and. I think the closest I've come to completing a Pokedex where you actually had to catch stuff is probably Let's Go Eevee. Yeah, or, yeah I think it was Let's Go That's yeah. the one I played. Yeah, Let's Go Eevee. I, I've come pretty close there. I just have to get Let's Go Pikachu so I can complete everything and, you know, the whole no friends thing. But anyway, um, so we well, have a... Eevee too because F Pikachu, all right? I'm not, I'm not going to get that, that, you know, generalized pikachu love I, I love the eevee version better so that's true i mean i think it's pretty cool you get to start the game with eevee it's pretty much what because that's what in the in yellow your rival starts with eevee isn't that right yeah yeah so it's it's pretty cool to be able to kind of flip that flip the scripts and uh and start with eevee so that's why i got that one first and for and obviously also because pikachu is as we know essentially useless against brock so there's that too but no waste. yeah just an Brock's absolute against misty you're good yeah, against Misty, you're gra- pretty much everything but Brock. You're, you're. It's, it's just that you got to get. We discussed it in Generation One. You got to catch the Caterpie. You got to level it up yep. to a Butterfree, and you do all Don't that. Don't be a noob. Shit. Get that confusion. Oh god, yeah, that sweet, sweet confusion, Ken. Um, oh, confusion! What a great move. No better move than confusion when you really needed it in Generation One. Um, so in Generation Four, we're introduced to new villains. We got Team Galactic this time. Not great. They're not Team Aqua or Team Magma, that's for sure. But. They do. They serve a purpose. They're there. They're fine. They're functional. They have a bunch of commanders that you beat the shit out of and level your Pokemon up. So I'll always take more trainers, and their hideout's not too convoluted. So they, they were fine. I mean, I don't know. The, the villains, I, Pokemon for me has never been like a what's what's up with the villains. I think the only villains that I, I've really like come to like really hate was like when I was playing Ruby and Sapphire because it was like trying to kill the world. Yeah. Um, but, like, other than that, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the villains, as Pokemon has gone through, have just been goofy and, like, just, I don't know. I don't particularly like them. So, for me, eh, they're fine. 
I, I'm more into the, the gameplay. I'm more into catching the Pokemon. I'm more into leveling up and doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, if you're gonna give me some goofy like villains, like I guess I'll beat them up and take their hideouts and make their their leader like sad. So yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> They're really a means to an end. I get it. I mean, I, do, I I think I agree with you. I think Team Magma, Team Aqua, those are probably the probably the best villains the game's ever had because they actually. I mean, Team Rocket was just like a let's steal Pokemon type deal. Well, Magma and Aqua were like, let's just like ruin the world. So yeah, that's yeah. Kind of like, the world. <laughs> yeah, let's just like either drown the world or rid the world of all sort of like life. And it's I don't I don't know. I was I actually kind of liked not liked their motivations, but it was more of a more of an actual plot. Let's put it that way. Um, definitely into that more than more than these guys for sure. All right, here's a little little trivia question for you, fellas. And uh, Steve, you could take part because these are Pokemon that are still existing to this day, so you could just take a shot in the dark if you want. Uh, there were three new babies introduced in this generation. Can you guess what they were? Well, one was the Mr. Mime one. That was generation two or three. That wasn't this one. Oh, it wasn't in this one? Oh, oh okay. shit, okay. At least I don't think so. Munchlax um, was one of them for sure. That was true. Now you know that I think about it. I think I might have looked at the wrong damn list. Let me let me uh, let me let me look at something else here, just to make sure. Uh, Pokemon baby Pokemon Gen Four. Now I think I looked at the wrong goddamn list. These damn. Yep, yep. Sorry, you were right, Steve. Uh, you were right. Uh, uh, Mime Junior is one of them. Okay. So is Munchlax. There were actually six. Let me take that back. Hmm. Let me actually, a, the Manta Ray or like Man. I can't remember the name of it. But the, the baby, the baby Manta Ray one was one. Yes, oh uh, yeah, Mantike. Yep, yeah, Mantike. There we go. Uh, Chansey's little baby. Uh, Happy Knee. Yeah. Let's. I think. What's Happy, it called? I think it's H A P P I N Y. It's. I think it's just pronounced Happiny. Okay. But hold on. Let me let me look at the list here because I think I looked at the wrong. God damn. I definitely could be wrong. I'm just kind of going off the top of my head. List think of baby, baby Pokemon. Pokemon. I didn't even know there was a baby version. Adult Pokemon, but... Okay, yeah, no, I got... All right, there are one, two, three, four, five... Oh, you're right. Happiny is one of them, actually, yes. There are eight of them, not three, dumbass. There's eight of them. <laughs> so you guys have Mime Jr., Happiny, Munchlax, and Mantike so far. Oh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, all right. I think I think you got to give it to me because I'm I'm running dry on the well of, of little baby Pokemon in my brain. That's okay. Uh, the other ones you guys missed were Bud You, which is Rosalia's baby. Yep. <laughs> Chingling, which is Chimecho's. I don't mind. I don't fault you for getting that one because that one really is kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> Bonsley, which is Sudowoodo's baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, Bud thing. and. Uh, with the only one I think that's introduced for a Pokemon of this generation, that's Riolu, which is Lucario's baby form. Ooh. Which I never even... I, I thought Riolu was just a Pokemon that evolved into Lucario, not like a baby-type Pokemon. I just thought it was a Pokemon, not a baby. But that goes to show I was wrong. But like... Uh, like I'm we just will just bullying babies in general. I'm sorry. I apologize to bring this to the podcast, but I am just bullying babies right now. Um, I'm just kidding. Baby hitter. <laughs> I think... I think the only baby Pokemon I outrightly really like is Munchlax, and that was because Munchlax is so hard to find. There's, like, an actual chase to getting a Munchlax, because I don't care about really any of the other ones. Like, if I never find an Igglybuff in the wild, I don't give a shit. Like, we, by the way, we are, Ken, a very anti-Jigglypuff podcast. We did. Yep. Oh, we, I mean, as a avid Super Smash Brothers player, I fucking hate Jigglypuff. 
Well, fuck Jigglypuff gang. We are very. <laughs> I've always referred to, or we always refer to Jigglypuff as off-brand Clefairy, which is pretty much mm-hmm. what it is. Um, and that's that. We will always be anti Jigglypuff in this podcast. So uh, we I appreciate that. Pro Clefairy, though. We love Clefairy on this show. Big, Absolutely. big Clefairy fans. Um, all right. So there's some new abilities introduced in this generation. Forty-seven of them, in fact. I will not run them all down because nobody wants to hear that. But I did write down a few of the best ones. Um, Aftermath, which is the one that damages the attacker if it's a finishing hit, which is always cool. I think that's Drift Blim and Skun Tank. They have that, which is it's a pretty cool ability. You can kind of take them on your way out. Um, Bad Dreams, which is Dark Ray's signature ability. It damages sleeping Pokemon, which is cool. Only issue is that Dark Ray is like not available to anybody at any point in any game. So you probably won't get to use it ever. Um, dry skin. Now, if you played the game, you would remember that uh, Toxicroak always had dry skin as its ability, so you could never use water moves on it because it absorbs the water and gets HP back, which sucks. Um, poison Heal, that restores hit, uh, hit points to a poison Pokemon rather than draining. Uh, mm-hmm. Shroomish and Breloom have it as a secondary ability, but no Pokemon has it as its primary ability, which is kind of weird. Um, Scrappy. Now, this is a move that Ken would like. Uh, you can hit ghost-type Pokemon with normal and fighting-type moves. Let's go. Didn't even know that existed, to be honest with you, but uh, there are two Pokemon that have it as their natural ability, and that would be Kangaskhan and Miltank. I'm into both of those Pokemon because they are both interesting, weird Pokemon that love, like, babies and milking mm-hmm. things. So, yes, that is true. Um, no, I, I, I said earlier on the podcast I'm anti-baby. Never mind. I, 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 I <laughs> That's a good point. Um, uh, what was I going to say about Kangaskhan? And Mil- oh, Miltank, uh, since you're a Generation 2 purist, Ken, we, we talked about during Generation 2 how Mil- how Whitney's Miltank was always so hard to beat. Oh, at, for sure. Like, I don't gym. understand why. There's no reason why. It's not it's not that good of a Pokemon. No, but it had that devastating combo of rollout and milk drink rollout. and it was just so you had to beat it before that rollout ran out because that rollout was a freak then it would would crush you like you would be dead like you're like oh three hits later you're done like it doesn't matter then you put a new pokemon it's just crushing you it's like i I hate it. no mercy you just just like ptsd'd me back to that that battle like i'm remembering that now as a kid yep i remember it we all do it's uh it's an important point every pokemon player's life that mail tank (laughs) at whitney's gym uh and then finally tinted lens which is not very effective moves, can deal regular damage. That is the natural ability of Venonat, Venomoth, Illumice, and Yanmega, which is introduced in this game. Um, and uh, so after you beat the game, probably one of the best post-game features of any game to this point is Pal Park, which allows you to import Pokemon from your Game Boy games. Because remember, the DS has the Game Boy slot at the bottom. So right. You can put that in as the dongle or whatever it is, and you can import Pokemon in from, you know, uh, Fire Red, Leaf Green, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, put them into the game, and that's how you can complete your Pokedex, your national Pokedex at least. So that was a lot of fun because I think you could only use Pal Park like once a day, but even then you can import six Pokemon at that point, train them, and then once the clock rolls over, just do it again. But I loved Pal Park. I never knew about that. That's, that's really cool. It's awesome. That sounds pretty cool. I I don't honestly I don't remember doing that, so yeah. I probably did not do it. I probably beat the game. And was like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I think right. I, I think I only remember doing it because I think when I beat the game, I wasn't I was like sixteen, so I couldn't just go out and buy the next one. So I was like, well, I have to figure out what to do now. So I just put in emerald and you know fire red and leaf green. And I just, 
imported all the Pokemon over, and that's what I do pretty much, well, until they got rid of the National Pokedex, like a bunch of assholes. Uh, that's pretty much <laughs> what I do now, but anyway. Did um, you do it this time? This, this playthrough, did you do anything like that? No, because I just beat the game as we were as we went on the air, so I haven't had a chance. Oh, haven't had you chance. Do it after. I'm also playing it on my 3DS, which doesn't allow me to do that because unless it wants me to import from, uh, from well, actually there isn't even a second slot on here, so I couldn't do it if I wanted to. But you know, that's that's okay. That's all right. I'll, I'll live with it. It's fine. Um, this game also introduced uh, location evolutions, where you can evolve Pokemon at certain locations. There were th- hmm. three of them, to my knowledge. There might have been more. But the three that came to mind were Mount Coronet, Moss Rock, and Ice Rock, which is where you would evolve. Okay, this is going to be a real memory pull. You can evolve Magneton into Magnezone and Nose Pass into Probopass at Mount Coronet. And Moss Rock and Ice Rock were used for Leafeon and Glaceon, uh, respectively. So that was a cool addition that you'd have to evolve them in certain locations because they were, I mean, you can only evolve Pokemon in so many ways, and they've really kind of fallen off the deep end in that respect in later generations where it's like, all right, are we are we serious with how we're doing this shit now? Like, <laughs> is this really how we're evolving Pokemon? Like, you got to, like, hold it up to a... Like, the, some of the ones in Generation 8 are just, like... Idiotic. Ridiculous. Like, like um, Ken, you both have played Sword and Shield, right? Yeah. So, the Yamask in that generation... Do you yeah. guys know how you evolve Yamask in that generation? Spin around? No, uh, no, that's not the one. There is one where you have to spin around, though. Yeah. That's the teacup one, I think. Yeah, we but need to have a broken glass or something. In this generation, uh, you evolve a Yamask by it losing at least 49 hit points in battle and walking under an arch in the wild area. That's how you evolve it. What? Yes. I swear to God. That's how you evolve It becomes, I think it's Runajigas or something like that. And it's a cool, it's cool, but it is a ridiculously convoluted uh, evolution idea. And yeah, I think, Steve, what you're talking about is the teacup one. I can't remember the name of it, but you have to like spin around and have a certain item attached to it. It's, yeah, I think this is fine because all you have to do is go to a place and, and it levels up and that's it. So I guess, I guess like, here's my question for that is like, for one, why? Right. And two, how do people figure this out without like being on like game guides don't exist anymore, really? Like kids aren't like going out and buying like, ooh, let me buy this giant booklet that tells me how to do everything. Right. Like who the hell figures that out? No, I I have no No idea. Because I as a 14 year old kid with limited access to the Internet, I probably wouldn't be able to figure it out either. But zero chance. And I mean, like it's it's you wouldn't be able to figure it out, but it is like it's cool where it's like, you know, certain Pokemon respond differently to like because they're both you know steel type or rock type. So like it makes sense they would respond to like rock or ore or whatever shit that whatever explanation there is for evolving them. But I mean, it's it's an interesting concept. It's a good point, Ken. I mean, what 14 year old kid or 15, 12 year old kid is going to have the wherewithal to look it up on the Internet? Because at that point, it's like, oh, I want to complete the Pokedex, but. I guess that's easy, though, because you don't have to do that to complete the Pokedex. You face off against a Probopass and a Magnezone at some point in the game, so you don't have to worry about it. But if you want to get one, I guess you're either shit out of luck or you better have internet. So so there were actually some new evolutions for Pokemon that had never had them previously. And uh, you guys, give me your up-down referendum on these Pokemon, okay? Yep. You should, I think you, even if you never played the game, Steve, you should be familiar with most of them. Yeah, I'm actually looking at them. I, I I was gonna bring this up too. I was look I was looking at the uh, 
some of these evolutions that I'm blown away. So I can't wait to read it, list them off so I can tell you how I feel. Okay. What about, how do we feel about Tangrowth? Tangrowth? Uh, not necessary. That's no. how I feel. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, Tangela like comes off as like a really cool Pokemon at the end of like the first generation. Like you, you don't get it in the beginning of the game. You have to have that special like space outside of Pallet Town to like to get it. Mm. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool to have like a a different evolution to to make it even more messy and more messed up than it really is. I mean, it's a giant pile of worms. So like, I don't know. It's yeah, kind of cool. Is, is it is is that what Tangrowth is? Like another like. A bigger version of that, like it's just yeah, like much. it's just pretty much a naughtier version of of a Tangela, and it's one of the one of the Pokemon. Right. I think it's one of the, at least three I can think of where you have to level it up with ancient power in order for oh. it to evolve. Oh no way! Yeah, so that's one of them. Uh, so how do we feel about Magmortar? That one, uh, yeah, that was cool. I just I, that's what I wanted to say. Magmortar, what a badass! My God. Absolute badass. I mean, I love me some fire duck. Give me fire duck with a cannon on the hand. I'm all in. Not a fan, but I'll get to it later. Let's get on to grass things. Like, how does how does Magmortar pick things up? Let's go. I guess it has the one hand. But then, how do you like? If you're a, now here's we ask the important questions here on the Elite Two. If you're a Magmortar, how are you chopping up like chicken? Like, how do you do that? <laughs> Eat it whole, man. Very easily. You use your face. <laughs> no. That's true. <laughs> you just cook it with left your left hand and just jam your face into the rest of it. That's a good that's point. You don't need to cut shit. That's a good point. I guess that's shut up. I guess that's true. Um, uh, how do we feel about Electivire? Uh, interesting. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool looking Pokemon. Uh, I like it. It's basically like jacked, and it's got these weird tentacles on its back. Uh, I mean, it's it's interesting. Not necessary per se, but interesting. What's yeah. the what's the tentacles about? I'm looking at that and I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know. I think they're supposed to be wires. Uh, the whole sense. like electric thing, maybe. I don't know. I know all I know is you have to trade to get it. So when I was a kid, I never had it. That's all I need to know. No uh, friends. No new friends. No, no new friends. That's right, Ken. Until I bought that second DS that I shouldn't have bought because I was a college student with no money. I didn't get any of these Pokemon, but it was fun. <laughs> it was. I'll tell you what. When I was sitting in my dorm room alone at eleven o'clock at night, and I got that Magmortar and that Electivire, I was the king of the planet at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. baiting in that for sure. Oh, that was that was fantastic <laughs> stuff. Um, how do we feel about Yan Mega? Uh, um, hold on, let me see. Just it's just another, like big dragonfly. I don't particularly like bug Pokemon, so no. it's, just, it's another bug. Yeah, it's pretty much how I feel about it too. Yeah. No. I'm looking at him right now. Yeah, he's yeah, just another bug. Whatever. Cool. Uh, Flygon's cooler. Uh, I wrote, okay. Well, my dumbass wrote Piloswine, but clearly that's not what I was talking about. Uh, Mammoswine, which is the evolution of Piloswine. It's a big old woolly mammoth. Uh, I like the look of Mammoswine. I don't think it's very practical though, because it's like it's like weak to everything. Let me see this I mean, thing. you want a big ass, like big badass looking Pokemon, sure, but I, I still, that's not a Pokemon that would ever find its way into my party. Like, no. It just, <laughs> if I caught it, it would just kind of sit and chill. Yeah. Not. I don't think it would ever really. I don't know if it's making the cut. It's like one of those singers on American Idol that's like, you're good, but like, are you good enough? You're not. So just kick rocks. For sure. That's me. That's my favorite. Oh, no, I'm seeing him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, nah. Yeah, no, nah, never. I would never, uh, Rock a mammal swine now that I'm looking at him. No thanks. It's a hard pass for me. Uh, two more. We got Licky Licky, which is the, uh, you could argue, unnecessary evolution of Lickitung. 
<laughs> I saw this. This is what made me. I wrote a whole list down here, and I'm like, "What the hell is that about? What the absolute hell is that?" Yeah, every day we stray further from God's light, and Licky Licky <laughs> is one of those examples. Licky Licky, like it's basically. I mean, you guys remember Pokemon Stadium? It's it's yep. basically Lickitung who had way too many sushi. And then it's still like kind of a sexual predator because it's licking things it shouldn't be licking. I, I mean, I, I oh. can. It's, it's got a napkin in the front of it. It's got a Wi-Fi signal pointing down to its crotch. I don't know why we need this Pokemon to even exist. It, yeah. it doesn't belong here. These I are, wish it didn't. No, these are great points. And not to cut you off, Steve, but the, I mean, these are great points. And I mean, Lickitung, yeah, it's a weird po- – let's put it this way. If Pokemon never existed and it started off – like in 2020, that was the first time they released a game. Lickitung would probably not be one of the Pokemon that they would have in there. It no. would be it would be the top of the Me Too list. It would be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right next to Mr. Mime. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Mr. Mime. Don't even get me. St- Mr. Mime is all about the touching, and we would ne- Mr. We Mime and Ash's mom. Let me tell oh, that's you. Right. That's right. Oh, yeah, oh no one talks about that. Yeah. I forgot about. Uh, I'm that. talking about it. Yeah. 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 How do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Ash's dad's not around, but Mr. Mime, he, f- he fits the bill. We asked the hard Mr. questions Mr. Mime, here. it's actually Ash's father. Ooh. Oh, no one's – now that's a take – no, I've never heard, but I agree with. Now that. Let's go down on Reddit. <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> conspiracy. One those, that's one of those conspiracy theories you find on uh, you find on Reddit. Mr. Mime is Ash's – now, you know, Miss, I mean, Mr. Mime. I've never been a big fan of Mr. Mime, like, ever. I think Mr. Mime just kind of sucks. I think I might, I don't think he was on my overrated list for Generation 1, but he was probably damn close, because, like, he doesn't really do anything. He's just kind of... He's, like, in the there. 140s, like, isn't he, like, the 130s or 140s in the Pokedex? Like, yeah. he doesn't belong there. Come no, on. he doesn't. I think... <laughs> you're in the traces of uh, an Articuno or a Moltres. Like, you, you don't belong near there. Sorry. You, no. you just don't. Mr. Mime is, like, a human. He's literally, like, a human. Like, yeah. you're, like you're weird. I, I don't know what they were on in Generation 1 where they were creating like the humanoid Pokemon because Jinx always creeped me out too. Yeah. Like, yeah, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> I mean, Jinx There has is, been multiple comparisons. There's there's a nice side-by-side, so. I mean, I don't, I mean, I mean Jinx in the anime also creeped me out too. Oh, for sure. I, I'm, I'm not a big Jinx fan in general. I think Jinx is basically Mr. Popo with a, uh, with a wig on, so. <laughs> Very um, true. Uh, and the last one here is is a uh, Glysaur. I think it's, I think it's how you pronounce it. That's uh, Glygar's evolution, and it's cool looking. It's a bus this. <laughs> some of the, some of the evolutions are definitely interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I really feel like you know when you go further and further into Pokemon, like they really are struggling to find things. Like eventually, you get like you know vanilla ice creams and and other things like that. But this is another right. one where it's like it's a buff bat. Pretty much. Yeah. That's a good two-word description. That's a great two-word description, Ken. It's a buff bat. That's really all it is. That's it. That's about it. Um, now we had uh, the introduction of Chatot. Is that no? No, that might be Generation Five. Is Chatot in this game? No, I can't remember. I'm not sure. Okay, hold on. Let me look it up. Let me look up when Chatot got introduced. Because if not, I have to save it for Gen Five. But if it was, I'll uh, I'll do it in this one. But in the meantime, Generation Four gave us what might be, gentlemen, the worst hidden machine of all time. What's this? Defog. <laughs> what? Which, first, I mean, it's even worse than Flash, quite honestly, because at least Flash kind of does something. Defog just does that. It defogs the area, and it's such it's so useless, you really don't even need it, because the only thing it does is if you fight in the fog, you your accuracy, accuracy is lower, 
And you can kind of get around that. You can see through the fog. It's not like it's so dense, like it's flash, where it's like all black screen. Like, you can see through it. It's such an utterly useless HM. I don't know why it's in the game. It is, and it, it, uh, it's just such a pain in the ass because you have to get it and you have to quote-unquote use it at some point. And it's just, it, it's not even on Victory Road. Like, every other HM is on, is on Victory Road except for Defog because they knew, they probably programmed it and they were like, oh, you know what? This is so bad that we just should not put it any farther in the game. Like, let's just stop using it. But I just, I can't stand Defog. It's like the worst move ever. The majority of the HMs are, are, are useless except for Surf. It's like Surf is the, the number one. You can you can crush everything with Surf, and then everything else just goes to the wayside, like cut, strength. Like, I, I don't I don't need this waterfall. Like, I don't know. I think that's just another just it's it's one of those things they had to do to try to add some of the uh, the, the toughness of the game. You, you have to get this particular thing to be able to pass this particular part. But I don't know. That is definitely the, probably one of the most useless, if not the most useless in all of Pokemon history. I mean, you'll find no argument here. That's pretty much what I, what I just, what, you know, it's just, it's the same thing I can echo. It's just, it is so, you know, like at least Flash like lowers your opponent's accuracy, but like Defog just, yeah, like, I don't even know what, I think it like lowers your opponent's evasiveness or something. Like it, it's so useless. I just hate it. I'm so glad I missed Defog. Fuck Defog. And I'm not, I was even there for it. Wow. You didn't miss much. Tell me. I'll tell you that right now. But I was, <laughs> I was right. Chatot is a Pokemon from Generation 4. And the cool thing about Chatot is that it has a move called Chatter. And you determined how strong it was because there was a microphone on the DS that you would shout into to do damage to the opposing Pokemon. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> not good for late night gaming, though. No. <laughs> and it's also not great because, I mean, Shoutout's kind of a useless Pokemon otherwise. It was pretty much introduced for that novelty, I would imagine. But it's, I mean, it's, it's like, I, like I said, though, it's a novelty. Like, you do it a few times, it's kind of cool. But, like, at the end of the day, who wants to be shouting into their game system? You know who does? A musical bird note. Um, it's, just, it's just like a, a musical note bird. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. I, I didn't even remember this existed until now. And, and wow. It is, I just saw that, too. It's an eighth note that is a bird. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. It's a like real, the Utah Jazz. It's like, and I, I, I personally, and this is a, a later generation. I think it's a couple generations from now. But I love. Um, actually, I take that back. I'm thinking of the wrong Pokemon. But I love. Um, I love. I was thinking of Aegislash, which is a long way down the road. But yep. um, I remember when Litwick came out, and uh, what was the? Uh, oh my God! What was the keychain one? Clelfi. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. when those came out, people were like, "All right, I think they're running out of ideas at this point because it's a candle and a keychain, and like that's what they're making Pokemon now." But that's I will always stand behind the fact that there's a vanilla ice cream Pokemon. It's literally a Pokemon. It's just an ice cream. I can't, yep. I can't deal with that one. Pile of sand. Don't forget. Yep, that's right. Oh, that's right. Pile of sand. I forgot about the Sandcastle Pokemon. That's right. I think that is that X and Y or is that uh, Sun and Moon? Sun and Moon. Moon. Yeah, you're right. Um, I actually kind of like Palisand, but I'm a, I'm a sucker for ghost type Pokemon. I like a lot of ghost types, but yeah, yeah. What was the, what was the, the garbage one? Oh, was Garbodor. Gar- yeah. No, Garbo- <laughs> Garbodor. Oh, yeah. I love that. that I love is, that, but I hate it. That I, yeah, it's, it's just so surprising Pokemon. It really is. Um, <laughs> so the great marsh, which is the quote unquote, the pretty much the safari zone for this game. I think they've gotten rid of the steps limit, which is like the best thing they ever did for the safari zone, because that was such bullshit to begin with. Oh, for sure. That's, I mean, 
the fact that you like had what was like 500 steps in the original game or yeah. something like that. Ridiculous. You're trying to get your Jatinis, you're trying to get your Genghis your you know, your Scythers. Like, I mean, you, you really want to make sure that people can explore. That's, that's like part of the, the, the fun and the lore of like Pokemon is exploring and catching. And like when you have a space that is meant for that and they just, they're like, well, you got 20 bucks. <laughs> you know, like that, hey, that, that just it bothers me a little bit. No, I get that. It's a good point, Ken. Because like, not only that, but you got to go find the gold teeth in order to get surf. You have to go find that oh. dude's gold teeth, and you're like down to your After last step. Gold teeth. I always thought that was disgusting, and that yeah, old man was a perv. So yeah, it's pretty gross. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about Gem One that aged well and is one of the best games ever made. But there's a lot of stuff where it's like, like also, I don't think <clears throat> if they remade, well, if they again, if they start from scratch and they never made any games before this year. Throwing rocks at Pokemon would not fly. That's effed up. I mean, it's animal cruelty. Peter would be all over that. Oh, big time. Do you want to throw a rock at Tauros? Yeah, I don't want to throw a rock at Tauros. Thank you very much. Or would you like to give him some nice nibbles of food? Yeah, and then Absolutely. he runs away after he takes my food. Some Poke Squares? Yes, we know. He, he should like food, all right? That's the that's his problem, not mine. Um, yeah, it's, it's just so <laughs> fucking ridiculous. But um, there were three more branches of evolutions. Evolution. Branched evolutions introduced in this uh, generation. Curlia evolving into Gallade, which we discussed previously is a badass. Uh, Snow Run evolving into Frostlass, which I also like. And Burmy, which was introduced in this generation. It evolves into either Wormadon or Mothim, which they're really hammering home the fact that one's a female and one's a male. But I didn't really like either, even though they were both very hard to catch. And before I forget, I hated those damn honey trees. I never used them because they were so hard and the payoff was not worth it. There's there. I mean, that's, that's the grindy piece of Pokemon sometimes is you, you're trying to, you're trying to find and you're trying to catch them all. Like that's, that's part of the grindy piece that you really, you know, you don't need to do, but you can, if you want to. Yeah. I mean, what was the honey do? What would that do? So the honey, they had honey trees in this game. You slather the honey on there and you're supposed to come back and find either like a, I think the big ones were Combi uh, Munchlax was really rare, but you could find one. And um, I think Burmy you could also find there. But the big ones were Combi, which would only evolve if it was female, and um, Munchlax. Which all, going back to what Ken said, if you're like a kid playing this game and you're trying to evolve this Combi into a Vespaquin, you get to like level 90 and you're like, why isn't this thing evolving? And then you're like, oh, it's a male. Like, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? Like, you just wasted so much of your life. Like, am I supposed to be, like, a bee expert and be like, oh, it's because they have a queen bee and it has to be a female. Like, no right. kid's going to know that or care. Like, just no, make it. sure. I, I'm not saying make it easy, but, like, don't be a dick. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's kids playing this game. No, um, and, and, and that's the thing. Pokemon sometimes can be a bit of a dick. And, and they know it. They, know. They, they, they prove it. But I'd have to say, I mean... That I mean, the Kombi evolution is like such a cool evolution, though. And like, if you actually get it, yeah, I don't know. I think that's one of the cooler looking evolutions in oh, this yeah. game. Vesperquin is a cool looking Pokemon. I won't lie. I mean, I know we're, we've been shitting on bug types this whole episode, but Vesperquin, to their credit, is a, is maybe one of the coolest. But I mean, you notice how the cool bug types are always like bee centered. Oh, for sure. Like Beedrill, like oh, Gen One. Beedrill was a badass. Beedrill, sick. Beedrill's probably still my favorite bug type Pokemon. Quite honestly. I don't think I can disagree. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else I like better. Beedrill's a freak. Yeah, maybe Ve- I like I love Vespaquin too. Like those are my two favorite bug type Pokemon. They're both bee centered, but that's I, I just think it's cool. Here's another trivia question for you fellas, and it's applicable. You can chime in, Steve, because these are still used in, in this generation, the newest one. 
uh, there were three more evolutionary stones introduced in this game. Can you name them? Doug, the ice stone. That was Gen 3. Was that this generation? No, I, I think know. that was Generation 5 or 6. Leaf that wasn't stone? this one. I think there was a leaf stone. The leaf stone? Yeah, I think that was, so. That was Gen 1, wasn't it? Wasn't that one of the first? Oh, no, you're right, you're right. I'm, I'm thinking Eevee Evolutions, that's why I'm thinking. Yeah, me too. That's right, I get that. <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll, here's a hint for you. None of these apply to an evolution. Oh, shit. A sunstone. No, that's Gen 2, because that's when oh. Bell Awesome comes along. All right. Yeah. I don't know. All right, so the three are uh, the Shiny Stone. Yep. Which is how you get Togekiss and Roserade. Uh, the Dusk Stone, which is how you get Honchcrow and Mismagius, and the Dawn Stone, which to this day only has still two uses, and that's Gallade and Frostlass. So, and also the the uh, Dawn Stone you can only use on a female Snow Run to get a Frostlass. Badass. Uh, Gallade is such a cool, like interesting, like it, like almost as like a, a very skinny yoga fighter. Yeah, <laughs> I love Gallade. <laughs> It's that dual psychic fighting type, which is a very hard combination. It's a badass. Gotta love it. Um, this is this is a side note, and uh, before we move on to legends, <laughs> um, this is just me griping. I don't think I found a single rare candy in my entire replay of platinum. That is bullshit. I don't like, think I found how could one. They not give you one rare candy, just one. Give it free one free level. I had I when I played because I, I think I bought shield because I originally had sword. I sword. I bought shield. Played shield. I found, like, I mean, granted, a lot of that is because of the, the Dynamax battles, but I got, like, 50 rare candies. Like, I was oh, yeah. I was swimming in them. I mean, it's no Missing No, but, you know. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, Missing No is a, a Pokemon <laughs> legend at this point. but Absolutely. Um, that's a great segue, though, Ken, because we're talking about legends now, because every generation has them. And this generation had a shitload of them. Uh, starting with the Lake Guardians, you have you. Uxie, I'm guessing, Mesprit, and Azelf, none of which I was particularly fond of. They were there. Yep, they're just there. Just there. Uh, the Lords of Space and Time, you have Dialga and Palkia, which are the Diamond and Pearl respective legends. They're all right. They're fine. I, I'm, more, I'm more of a Dialga guy, personally. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, like, legends. I, I, I don't particularly love the legends in this game. There's a couple that are really cool, but... I mean, the main ones, the ones on the covers, like, I, I could give two shits, personally. Um, the one you never found, which is Manaphy, I don't think I've ever seen, encountered, put in my Pokedex, ever, ever even looked at a Manaphy in my life. No idea. Nope, not once. It. Not once. Nope. So it's one I did those. have one in a mystery gift, though. Did you really? You lucky Yeah, I got bastard. one for a mystery gift one time in uh, Sun or Moon, whatever I had Oh, there. yeah, was that the one they were doing the monthly giveaways? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how I got Arceus. Which Hell is yeah. probably oh, the Arceus only great ass. Pokemon to come out of Generation 5, quite honestly. I wanted an Arceus. I never got one. Ugh, Arceus is the shit, dude. Um, Arceus is badass. Um, da, 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 what else do we got? There's, a, there's several. Probably my favorite legend in this game is Giratina, which is out of Platinum. Same. Dude, that was my number one. Giratina is unbelievably cool. It's a ghost dragon type, which I don't think there... I There might be... I think in the latest generation, Sword and Shield, they introduced another one with that weird dragon with the dragons on its shoulders. I yep. can't remember the name of it, but I think that's also ghost dragon type. But Giratina being a ghost dragon combo is sick. 
I just think like the the spookiness to like the wings and like the way yeah. that it looked. It's, I mean, Ghost Dragon. Those are two words together. If you were like, hey, make up a code name. Like if you're like seven years old, like yeah, make up a really secret, super like cool like code name, <laughs> like Ghost Dragon. Like, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost Dragon. That'd be sick. I'm into that. That's a sick name. That's cool. I I mean I love Giratine and also like. Going through the, I don't know, did you guys ever, I know you didn't play it, Steve. Did you play Platinum, Ken, or you never played Platinum? I never played pl- Platinum. Um, not wasn't really for me. So Platinum, in order to get Giratina, you have to go into this thing called the uh, the Distortion World, and it's like you can jump like sideways onto walls, and it's they really took advantage of the new graphics for this game to make it look incredibly cool, and it is. It's also very frustrating, and I had to look up several walkthroughs to get through it last night, but... You end up finding Giratina and you catch that sucker and it's it's a badass looking Pokemon. It is so and I think what Ken said is true. It's it's like one of the only legends that looks actually scary. Like you would never want to mess with it. It's in that like Mewtwo vein where like I actually felt like kind of unnerved by Mewtwo's presence. Oh for sure. But <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, I'm, uh I'm reading the uh, the Pokedex entry for platinum for for this Pokemon and it says it was banished for its violence. That's right. It's only <laughs> gazed upon the old world from the distortion world. Like that's badass. Yeah. When you get banished for your violence, you know you've done some serious shit. Yeah, that's you kill somebody. I mean, you're like a tiger king, you know? Like Yeah. That's what <laughs> I'm surprised that when they remake the game, Giratina will be the Tiger King Pokemon. The, um, the, the Mewtwo exotic. <laughs> Mewtwo exotic. Uh, two other ones you've never found. Cresselia and Dark Ray. I don't think I ever encountered one of these. Uh, nope. I think I, it says in the on the entry for Cresselia that it's roaming Sinnoh, so maybe I just never followed up to find it. But Dark Ray is an event-only Pokemon, so you sure as shit didn't find that one. Uh, nope. Heatran, which is available in that like fighting area. Um, yep, I never, I think I caught one at some point, but whatever. Um, and then Regid, Regigigas, Regid, whatever. Uh, that's yeah. the, that's the one you can obtain after you, if you have Registeel, Regirock, and Regice all in your lineup at once. You can obtain Regid, Reg, you know what I'm saying, whatever. It's, it's the one that looks like a, there's two casino reels on its, or two like slot machines on its shoulders. Um, oh, it's badass. I, I, I particularly like that Pokemon just like just in general because of the way that you can get it and the fact that it just it, it looks just like, you know, lumbering. It's so yeah. big. It look it's it's a really cool looking legend, but I think we discussed, Steve, if I'm not mistaken, I think we discussed in generation three that we aren't big fans of the other like the three Pokemon you need to get to get it. I don't think right. we're big Registeel, Regirock, or Regice fans. I think, no. I think Registeel is probably my favorite, but I can't I mean as, if you can get Regigigas because you got the three of them, then hell yeah, I'll go catch them. But that's I'm glad they added that because the end game with those other three, not really that great. No. All right, fellas. Let's get controversial. Let's talk overrated Pokemon from this generation. I got four big ones. Big Mount Rushmore of, of, of overrated Pokemon from this generation. But, uh, Ken, you are the guest, so uh, you can lead us off. Who are your overrated Pokemon from this generation? I've got one. Okay, that's good because I have one too that I know we agree on. It, it's it, it is it is the one. I feel like it's got to be Lucario. Like he is a solid, fine Pokemon, but he gets cred because he was in like all of the movies and like all the TV show stuff. Like you get the cred because of that, and he's in Super Smash Brothers. But ultimately, if you catch one, he's not a Mewtwo. He's not you know he's not a a, a legendary Pokemon of sorts that you're like oh great he's just a name so personally for me meh 
he's super overrated. He's somebody who is like touted as like almost this legendary Pokemon, but he's definitely not worth like, you know, much of anything personally. So I don't know. I guess I also hate him because I don't particularly like playing as him in Super yeah. Smash Brothers either. So well, um, yeah. only overrated Pokemon I have. That's fine because uh, it's a good segue because I also have Lucario on my list. I think that, like, I, I do remember, I never watched any of the anime that he was in, but I know he's in a fair amount of the anime and he's built up to be this great thing. He has the same pretty much build as a Mewtwo, but he's not Mewtwo. He's just a fighting steel type that is pretty easy to take down if you game plan well enough. And the chase to get him is it's just not worth it. You have to level up the Riolu with friendship like every other baby Pokemon. It's just, it's not really worth my time. I have three others. Uh, Magmortar actually is on my list. I'm not a fan. Wow! Not a fan. I think it's, again, I just think it's so, like, Electivire is kind of a harder one to bring down, but you hit a Magmortar with a Surf and you're fine. Like, you'll live. Um, My two other... He has a cannon arm. A cannon arm! I get that he has a cannon arm, Ken, but it's just, it's, to quote the great Shania Twain, that don't impress me much. Ooh, I like that. So he's Brad Pitt. He pretty much that's that's pretty much what I'm getting at is that Magmortar is Brad Pitt. If you look real fast, looks just like him. He's Brad Pitt. Um, my two others, Gastrodon, is also on my list. Not a fan. Gastrodon's all over the place in this game, and it's just like it's there, whatever. And the one, this one's more out of hate than overrated. I've always hated Skuntank. Just because if you look at it, if you look at its sprite, I know you, you if you didn't play the game, Steve, you, I don't know, it might be on the, the Wikipedia page or not, or the Ballopedia yeah. page. It looks like it's taking a piss. And I've always felt <laughs> disrespected is. by that. I'm like, I'm battling you. Take a proper stance. Don't make it look like you're trying to take a piss on me. All right. This is a fight. This is a proper battle. Okay. Let, let's 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 fight like let's fight like proper people here, okay? And it looks I mean, like it's a skunk. Skunk's job is to like fart on things. Like, come on. I get True. that, but it's disrespectful. I don't like it. And also, disrespectful in general. So, I mean, that's that's the thing. You got a point there. That's fine. Uh, you, you got a point there, Steve. Uh, in your research of of looking at these Pokemon, are any that stick out to you as not a fan? You know, I'm going to agree with you guys and say Lucario once again. It's a Pokemon that I missed the boat on, obviously. But then, come to find out, it was so hyped in Smash Bros, like Ken said. And it's almost like another, um, like a Pokemon that they're trying to push as like another like big time. Like I remember watching a, a Watch Mojo thing on YouTube. It was like one of like the fan favorites, like all-time fan favorites. I was like... Wait a second, huh? Who are you talking to? Because you guys push that on us. No. What fans are you talking to? Yeah, what phonies are you talking about? Like, come on, Lucario, get out of here! I don't even know who that was. No way, get the hell out of here, with Lucario. That's that's all right. We are a, now a firmly anti-Lucario podcast, so that's like that's all we need to know. Um, mm-hmm. so the what we do, the last thing we do on the show is we put together an ideal six Pokemon lineup, Pokemon solely from this generation, and uh, then we. Do a little fun addendum at the end question. But right now, we'll start with our ideal lineup. Uh, I can kick it off for us. I've mentioned a few of them already, but here are my six. So I'm starting off with Empoleon. I love Empoleon. It's got such an incredible moveset. And it's not very fast, but it'll get the job done. Um, one of my favorite Pokemon in the entire game, not just this generation, is Drifblim. Because it's got a great moveset. And it's a pretty strong Pokemon overall. It's a ghost flying type, which is pretty unique. Um... And it's got an aftermath ability, which it does damage on the way out, which is pretty cool. Um, Garchomp, the dragon ground type. It's quick as a whip, 
and it can do a lot of damage. It's also it's it's just so incredibly fast, which is something I need to have if I got Empoleon and Drift Blam, which are pretty slow. Um, Toxicroak, which has either Dry Skin or Anticipation as its ability, so it can tell you whether you're going to have a super effective attack on you, or it'll absorb water, and that's pretty cool. It also has a pretty diverse moveset. I think it's a Poison Fighting type, so if you're not playing a Psychic Pokemon, you're pretty much you're in good shape. Uh, Togekiss, which is... I, I like Togekiss because it's uh, a fairly strong Pokemon. It's one of the newer ones uh, introduced in terms of a, 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 a Togetic getting you know, evolving into it with a shiny stone, I think it was. But it's got a really diverse moveset. And I'm a sucker for the move Metronome. I've always liked that move. And it's hey. even if it's not really that, that helpful in a t really strong battle because you don't want to take a chance. But if you're just fighting a random Pokemon, why not throw a metronome out there? I like it. If you're a poker player, like, why not take a risk? Hell yeah, that's what the game is all about. Oh, yeah, metronome's cool. And finally, I only have it on the list because I don't know if I've ever even had one in my lineup. Uh, and that's Perugly, which apparently is the fastest Pokemon in the, in the fucking land because it must have the highest speed stat because I have never seen a Pokemon move before it, except it's like a Garchomp or some shit. But Perugly is... It's got a pretty good moveset and... Like I said, it's very fast, deceivingly fast, and it can learn a lot of a lot of pretty sick special or skill moves rather. So that's my lineup. I got Empoleon, Drift Blim, Garchomp, Toxicroak, Togekiss, and Perugly. Uh, uh, Ken, you can go next if you'd like. Absolutely. So um, we got we got a couple of eh, we only have one actually. That's uh, shit. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so I've got Abomina Snow. Ooh. Uh, Love the ice grass type. That's such a, a cool and plus he's a badass. Like he just looks so cool, like an abominable snowman. Like obviously that's a play on name. Love him. Super strong. Ice and grass is pretty pretty cool. Um, I've got Infernape. Um, obviously firefighting. I I picked you know um, as my starter Pokemon. I'm picking Chimchar, so you, you got to go there. But I have friends, so I'm also gonna have a uh, Emporion uh, Empoleon. Sorry, Ooh, uh, yeah. and. I'm gonna have that water steel type, so I'm gonna have a little bit of you know fire and ice going there. Um, I got a, a Giratina because ghost flying type. Why not? And badass. Why not? Of course. Um, the one that I can't pronounce right now, the Regigigas. Ooh. Can't pronounce name. Regigigas. Yeah, right. You that's close enough. That's, that's good. Um, check it out. Like the the types of, of moves that he can learn. He can learn all different types of moves. He's a normal type. Um, you want a normal type who can also do some damage and be super effective to a lot of different kinds of Pokemons. Um, so definitely for me. And then I'm missing an electric type. So, and I always mispronounce his name. Ar Arceus or Arceus? Is Arce yeah. Is Arceus from this generation? Um, I think so, right? I think it's the first time you get him. He's in different generations, but I think he's the first time you can get him. Hold on, let me let me double check for us because if, if I could get some Arceus, I'd switch his ass out real fast. Let me see here. And I would do him with an electric plate so that we had electric type moves. Wow, he was Generation Four, so we missed Arceus. Damn, I guess Arceus wasn't the only good thing to come out of Generation Five because he came out of Generation Four. There it is. So, so that's that's fine by me. Um, got that electric type in there too, so I've got a lot of different people in there, a lot of different types, a lot of different cool Pokemon. I, I'm I'm a big looks guy, but I'm also a big like strength. I like a big heavy strength, like you yeah. know, lots of strong Pokemon. So I like it. I like it. Uh, Steve, do you have a lineup? Uh, I threw together some Pokemon that I thought were cool. I like it. So let's. I'm just gonna lay, lay them out to you. All right, I'm gonna go with Porygon Z. Love it. I saw. Ooh. I saw. Yeah, he saw he was available. Love him. 
Uh, I'm going to go with a Glaceon. Um, never had an opportunity to have one of them, one of those ever, so I'd love to have one of those. Uh, how about a Rhyperior? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a big Rhydon fan, but Rhyperior coming at you, dude? Yeah, that's frightening. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, hold on. Was that Pokemon that was we were talking about in the beginning? Um, oh boy, there's a lot of them. Empoleon. Yes, the penguin. Very cool. Yeah, the penguin. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm also gonna go with a Star Raptor. Mm. Uh, because you know me with my flying types. I you always love birds, fly- Steve. You love birds. Love my bird. I know I'd be ra- rocking with a Star Raptor by the end. Yeah. And one more. I'm gonna drop. I'm going to drop this on you. It's called a... The suspense is killing me. Oh, you're about to, you're about to freak out. It's a, it's a Cresselia. Wow. I don't know you're, if you're, if you're pulling that Cresselia out on me now. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't even know if it's available to have, but you it looks really it. cool. Why not? Let's, let's get crazy. Take a Cresselia. Let's get crazy. Who I mean, who, who has a Cresselia nowadays? No well, you do now. In my, in my mind, I do. Um, all right, and then the last thing that we do, and I, I'm not sure, uh, Steve, you don't have to answer it. Ken, I don't know if you have one in mind or if you wrote one down, but we like to talk about the HM mule from every generation, that HMs are available. And uh, my easy pick was uh, Biberel, which is the beaver Pokemon. Yep, you could teach it pretty much everything because it's a water normal type. It could do rock smash, strength, surf, waterfall, all that shit. So you could just max it out with HMs. So Biberel, beaver Pokemon, my HM mule. I literally picked the same Pokemon because, yep. like, I'm not going to pick a strong, good Pokemon for yeah. that either. Like, you, you carry around your HM Mule to do, to, to do stuff, but, like, you're not bringing it to the, you know, the Final Four. Like, you're not bringing no. it to the Elite Four at all. No. Like, that just, it just chills with you until you've got to do important stuff. No, it's 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 there to serve a purpose. That's that's what it's there. It for. knows what it is. Um, but, Ken, before we let you go, since you weren't on for Generation 1 or 2, and those are your two favorites, who were your starters from those generations? Um, Your preferred ooh. starters. Preferred starters would probably Gen One would be oh, have to be Squirtle. Um, Squirtle is my number one. Blastoise is probably my favorite Pokemon, if not my uh, second favorite Pokemon. I hear that. Um, definitely, Blastoise is um, super like Hell powerful yeah. and like looks cool. I also love the um, the the super evolutions that you get. Yeah. For for Blastoise, eventually with the like the super cannons and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I'd have to say for, oh, Gen 2 is so tough for me. I'd have to say Cyndaquil. Mm. Um, I love Cyndaquil. I love a good fire type. Like if it were to go for, you know, anything else, like I don't really particularly like Totodile. Um, wow. Huge take right there. I just don't like Totodile. I don't. Oh my God. I think you just broke our brains. I think the, the, the cartoon show really killed Totodile for me as a kid. So personally I stayed away from it often. But Cyndaquil, I really much enjoyed. Wow, they killed Totodile. They killed. <laughs> they did. I, I just have like vivid memories of Totodile being just like a fool. You That's know? probably like, true. But he I was just, a spaz. He was total spaz. But I loved it. I did. I mean, in the anime, yeah, he was he was whatever in the anime. But I remember in in the game, I loved Fur Alligator so much because it has such a again. I'm a big guy for diverse move sets, and Fur Alligator can do so much, and it's just such a strong Pokemon overall. But I get Cyndaquil because Typhlosion is great. If you said if you said Chikorita. 
I might have had to cancel the episode and not even release it because yeah, I understand. <laughs> I'm I don't want a giant flower as no. my like my ultimate evolution Pokemon. I'm not, just, I'm, try, I'm not trying to have a big old like hibiscus flower as my Pokemon. <laughs> uh. I'll tell you what, Ken, you just you just can't do it. You just can't no, do just it. Can't. Never, never the move. You just can't. But um, Ken, thank you so much for joining us on the episode. Thank you, no Ken. Problem. Nice meeting you. Um, I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm glad I'm glad we can have this happening. Um, last quick shout out to one Pokemon that we did not talk about tonight that I love to talk about just for ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, the Probo Pass mm. um, mustache looks just like a creepy like mustache underneath the big nose. Um, just love that Pokemon. Nose hair. We, we love Probo Pass. The nose <laughs> hair Pokemon. Probably not true, but it is. But it's not. Uh, Ken, where can the people find you on the social media? Um, you can find me at the walking Ken 23. That's where I hang out on Twitter. I post terrible golf videos and even worse takes on video games and movies. So follow me, hang out, talk to me. I'm happy to talk to you all. Ken, every time I see your Twitter name, I wonder to myself, does he still watch the walking dead? I used to watch the walking dead. I, so quick story behind that. I have like a bunch of original walking dead comics Wow. underneath my bed currently right now. Please don't rob me. Um, but <laughs> I have a lot of the original walking dead comics. I love them. I stopped watching the TV show after season eight. Okay. Well, you made it a lot farther than most people. I think I made season three. (laughs) Season three was dope. Season four was okay. Season five was good. Season six was amazing. Season seven sucked. And then I stopped. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Steve, where can the people find you on social media? Uh, Find me at Steve Noska on Twitter and small state takes for the podcast. Perfect. You can find me at Jacob underscore Morocco. Our, my other podcast crossing state lines. That's at CSL podcast. You can go follow us on Twitter, and uh, this podcast is available pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. It's iTunes, Spotify. We're distributed through Anchor, Google Podcasts. So wherever you find your podcasts, go go like, rate, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. And uh, we're back for a nostalgia trip next week as we dive into Heart Gold and Soul Silver. We're going back to Johto, baby.